Three games on the road against the Mets. Can the Marlins head into New York, beat the Mets? Could the Marlins on the road in New York sweep the Mets? Going to dig into it. This is Locked on Marlins. You are Locked on Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings from England and welcome to Locked On Marlins. This is your daily Marlins podcast. I'm your host, Peter Pratt. Hit me up at Miami Marlins underscore UK. Ah, if you are listening to the pod, hit subscribe and leave a review. This is your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Marlins your first listen of the day. There is a YouTube channel, of course, guys. It is called Locked On Marlins. Head on over there. Hit subscribe. Also, if you are watching, you will have the graphics to help you. You will have the rundown to help you. And you will see it's Tuesday. And Sean Barrett is back in the house, as I teased out yesterday. Um, Sean, we're back. We're in the same gear, which pretty much means we've done a doubleheader recording. Uh, this should be fun, though, mate, right? Absolutely, yeah. We've just done a doubleheader worth of podcasting on the Monday episode. Let, well, mm. let's go even further deep into the rabbit hole that is Marlins baseball. This is it. We are going to, you know... The Marlins are struggling with depth. On this podcast, we certainly have not struggled with depth. Um, the producer keeps buzzing me after 30 minutes saying, wrap it up. And by that point, I've only done the first ad. So, you know, you know, there's a lot to talk about. The Marlins are in the hunt. Most of the other clubs, like normally in previous years, with Lockdown Marlins, you'd come on say, hey, welcome to Lockdown Marlins. By the way, Troy Johnson, he won a, a minor league award. And then you go, well, thanks for listening. That, that would be it. But... That isn't the case this year. Sean, I think this is the biggest week of Marlins baseball for 20 years, maybe. 20 years. I know in 2020 they made the postseason. But I think we can all kind of rule out 2020. Like, we can't. Like it, it, They made the postseason and it was, they had a great run. But I still think this is probably the biggest week of Marlins baseball for 20 years. Um you follow the team a lot longer than me. Am I off the mark on that one, or is that a fair assessment? I have followed the team for quite literally almost a calendar 20 years. Mm-hmm. So we'd be a good, good judge on that. I mean, 2003, I, I simply didn't know enough about baseball. Um, I fell upon the World Series between the Marlins and the Yankees late night on Channel 5, which sometimes could give you questionable content. But mm. baseball was uh, was on this particular <laughs> evening. Um, and I knew enough to know about baseball to know I couldn't be a Yankees fan. So correct, um, I chose the Marlins. And obviously they went ahead and won the World Series. But I didn't really know enough about baseball to have the excitement that, that a genuine Marlins fan at the time would have had. So <laughs> fast forward 20 years of quite literally agony um yeah the 2020 season was fun it was exciting it got me giddy and you know enough about me to know that i don't get giddy often <laughs> um i'm starting to feel like that now this this week has started to that that those butterflies are starting mm-hmm. to fly around in, in the stomach the excitement the the realization that there aren't many UK friendly games, but however, I'm not going to be watching all the games anyway. Like okay. that excitement, that, that enthusiasm. Look at what happened today, yesterday, 
however you want to play this, was a Yankees game. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, we were all living and dying on a Yankees game for Christ's sake. That's that's mm. where the lines are right now. That we're we're watching other games. So yeah. yeah, this is this is definitely up there as far as important weeks. Yes, you could argue the 2020 Cubs winning series in the playoffs, but um, we argued a lot about the fact that it wasn't a asterisk season, but I know a lot of um, baseball fans do call it that. Um, so, yeah, you could genuinely call this the most exciting, most developed team that, that you've had as far as playoff aspirations since 2003. Easy. The two teams, as they enter this final week were significantly different in available talent um, and, and mm-hmm. ability. But yeah, let's, let's, let's ignore that and accept that the Marlins have overachieved from our expectations mm-hmm. and have a chance, have a genuine chance to push their, their way into the playoffs. And, yeah, hell if we don't get to say that very often. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I was texting a few of the guys as well today, and you know, they don't watch the Marlins, obviously. And you know, I was just filling them in. I was just saying, listen, they've only run out of arms. They're asking me, Pete, are the Marlins going to make it this year? They're going to get in. And I said, listen, my gut feel is that they are, but they have run out of arms. And they're like, well, that's what I keep hearing, but I just keep seeing you winning. So what is it? How are you winning games then if you've run out of arms? And the answer I gave them is, frankly, this offense is miles better than it ever has been in the past however many years. Like, And then I listed out all the guys. I went, listen, you've got Arias, Soler, Bell, Berger, Jazz, De La Cruz, Jesus Sanchez, someone at shortstop and a catcher. You know, <laughs> this, when you list those names out, this is, you know, particularly post-deadline, this is a competent offense, and we've seen that in games where actually the Marlins at times have blown other teams out. You know, they've actually blown other teams away. Um, they've been blown away themselves a couple of times too, but this is the difference is like they aren't just relying on one-nil wins. They're actually, the offense is at times and has done in kind of recent weeks anyway, stepped up and delivered, and this isn't the Marlins team we expected, mate. You know, talking about the expectations of the season, you're expecting, you know, pitching and defense. Right now, this this club is like having to find ways to get innings and outs and looking for the offense to come alive. It's just completely the opposite to what we expected here with the, with the Marlins, right? Absolutely. And of all days to slander the shortstop situation for the Marlins mm-hmm. after Bertie going two home runs. Mm, um, but you're right that the offense has been significantly deeper Especially, I mean, it's hard to keep saying that when they are the least run-scoring team in baseball. But mm. post-deadline, I'd be interested to see actually what that number is. Because, yeah, I mean, Arias is, is Arias um, through hot streak and cold streak, if you want to call them that. But, yeah, yeah. so Lair's hitting the bombs. Bell, Burgo, their additions have been huge. Mm-hmm. I hope and actually kind of expect both of them to return next year to the Marlins. Um, Jesus Sanchez is cold at the moment, but has yep. shown enough development this year that I think he is a, a genuinely good corner, young corner outfielder that you can rely on. So, yeah, the offense has, has deepened, um, through, yep. through the additions that they made last offseason and at the deadline. 
Um, and I'm I'm actually quite infused. I said a, a little bit yesterday about how I think the team can be good next year. And I think part of that reason is because the deadline wasn't just a pure 2023 um, concept. They bought mm-hmm. in Berger, who's got years of control. They bought in Bell, who I still think he opts in on that, that contract. Um, I do too. Whether or not they want to piece together a multi-year extension, a little bit less money and spread it across those three years, um, I think Bell's enjoyed himself in Miami. I think he's I think so. He's ingratiated himself with the rest of the team. So it'd be a shame to see him leave. Um, I also think that money, that that initial sixteen and a half mil option is just too high for me for him mm. to to walk away from. I think so. I think both will be back next year. And I think yeah, yeah the 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 depth the the Marlins now have in their offense as they brought in additions, some of the younger guys have developed. This is this is a deeper lineup. This is not the Marlins lineups of of yesteryear. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and we've turned that, the page on them. Yeah, you piece that together with the rotation as it is. Um, yes, we're scrambling right now, but those young guys are only going to be better next year. Yeah, for the trial by far that they've gone through. So, yeah, this team this team in the last six games has got nothing to lose. Literally have nothing to lose because they've they've overperformed and and yes they're they're beaten up and they're battered but you know every day there's a new game of baseball and you go out there and you try and win it and that's where they are right now. Absolutely. I'm going to talk about that game of baseball today. Um, the Marlins are facing off against the Mets, obviously, but. You know, the reality is there's a few teams in this hunt, and so we're kind of scoreboard watching around. There's one particular matchup that really pops out to me. So we'll we'll go through the matchup specifically. We'll do the ad and then we'll dig into them. Marlins Mets, obviously. Braxy Garrett going against Joey Lucchese uh, on that one. Obviously, we've then the Reds are still in the mix, right? So we can't completely disregard the Reds. They're going against the Guardians. Uh Lucas Giolito uh going for the Guardians uh, and uh, Hunter Green going for the Reds. So, you know, that should be an interesting one for sure on that one. This is where things get a touch spicy, is what I would say, where you've got <laughs> you've got the Diamondbacks facing off against the Chicago White Sox. And, you know, I don't know a ton about the White Sox and their rotation right now, but when I scrolled down, there was a face and a name that caught me off guard. That face and name is Jose Areña. He is going for the White Sox. Um, he's currently 0-6 with a 7.27 ERA. Um, he's facing off against uh, Zach Davies by the look of it. It's 2-5 with a 6.81 ERA. So, listen, that could be anything could happen in that game. The other one, of, which is of serious interest to uh, the Cubs, on the road against the Atlanta Braves. The Braves have been kind of scuttling since they clinched. They've been, you know, the hangover is is, is real. Some of them boys maybe, you know, approaching their 30s are starting to realize those hangovers, they take they take longer to wear off. Um, but you've got um, Steele going for the Cubs, who has been, I mean, he's in the Cy Young conversation, it's fair to say. Uh, so the Cubs will be fancying that. Bryce Elder going for the Bravos. And frankly, Bryce Elder... Um, it was an amazing first half, but I think the second half, he's tailed off a touch. Um, but the Braves probably need him to show something heading into this postseason. So Tuesday, a lot of really interesting matchups here. Um, we're going to dig into them uh, in more depth after the ad. However, this episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. 
Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach is wasting the time of both the buyer and the seller at every stage, especially when sellers are using shallow and outdated data. See, I did it in American. Your organization uh, with a Z or a Z can overcome these challenges with technology that translates comprehensive, high-quality buyer data into real-time insights. These deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adopt the habits of top performers, which leads to better outcomes like more pipeline, higher win rates, and fundamentally, larger deals. We call this deep sales. Deep sales. I love that. And we built the first deep sales platform with the next generation of LinkedIn Sales Navigator. Right now, you can try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com slash locked on. That is linkedin.com slash locked on for a free 60-day trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com slash locked on and get started. All right, Tuesday, 26th of September. Peter Pratt joined with the UK GOAT again, Sean Barrett. Oh boy, the Marlins are into New York. They had an underwhelming series against the Mets at home. Um, Sean, as we look at this series now, what do the Marlins need to do here against the Mets? Um, and how important is it to win this series at this point? It's kind of an obvious question, but at the same time, the Marlins really need to handle their business here and you know not give up any major ground here in uh, heading into the final weekend, I think. Yeah, I mean, win the series, um, it's important, obviously. I think at this point, I genuinely believe 4-2 and two might be enough. Mm-hmm. So if they only pick up the one win against the Mets, then they've got to sweep, sweep the, the Pirates. So that's always a challenge. Like, you, you never want to go into a series needing to sweep because... Uh, they're not a given, obviously. Um, so yeah, for the for the Marlins to, to do the business, get two wins against the Mets uh, right now would be would be key. And it's weird, isn't it? Like for years, late September for me as a Marlins fan has been playing spoiler. Mm. You're you're playing against the Mets, you're playing against the Braves, you're playing against teams in your division, and you're saying if we beat them then we can stop them from going to the playoffs. That's, yep. for, for many years, been all I've had to, to enjoy in September. <laughs> yeah. Other than obviously back when it was 40-man rosters in, in September, you see some of the young guys. So for the Mets right now, they're, they're the worst team to be playing right now. Yes, they're out of it. Yes, they've got nothing to play for. But, I mean, if we were if the shoe were on the other foot, I'd want to be playing spoiler. Mm. So that's, that's, their, that, that's their role right now, isn't it? Yes, we didn't yeah. make the playoffs. Yes, our year sucked, but God knows we don't want to see three of the teams in our division make the playoffs. It's a great point. Great point. Do you think? Do you think that's how the Mets players will be looking at it, thinking, "Let's beat the Marlins and knock them out of it"? Yeah, that's what I'd be thinking if I were them. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Which adds a bit of spice to it. Um, Braxton Garrett. Let's briefly touch on him. I did a, an episode last week talking about Braxton Garrett. Fundamentally, he's underrated. Um, the, ma- the majority of non-Marlins fans probably have never even heard of Braxton Garrett, don't even know what he looks like. Um, and frankly, that's kind of a problem with baseball in general, I would say. Like, it struggles to promote people. I put a tweet out the other day talking about Bobby Witt Jr., the fact that the dude is pretty much on pace for a 30-50 season 
for the Royals. I have no idea what Bobby Witt Jr. looks like, to be honest with you. And it's because he plays for the Royals and whatever, but it's like a historic level campaign that he's having and no one's even heard of it. It's crazy. And I'm not saying that's what's happening with Braxton Garrett, but it kind of is what's happening with Braxton Garrett. Like no one really knows. You know, he's kind of, let's say he's top 15 in the NL this year, maybe top 12, depends on how you want to slice and dice it with war and all sorts of stats and bits and pieces. But fundamentally, Braxton Garrett this year, however you want to look at it, has been one of the top pitchers in the NL. And no one knows about it. (laughs) It's pretty wild, but he gets the ball. For me, I love the fact that Braxy Garrett is getting the ball in game one, to be honest with you. Like in the Brewers series, we saw they had the bullpen game in game one. It puts you behind the eight ball a touch. I love that like the balls with Brax and frankly, you know, him and Lozado, it's been pretty similar, but like, you know, they're the two guys that you trust most. Um, And I feel like if they can get the first one, then that really just, you know, the momentum kind of go from there and you'll see what happens. But I love the fact Braxy's getting it in uh, in game one. But he is underrated, though, right, across across the league. Like, it does, it, he's, he's definitely flying under the radar in terms of his performance. Um, and frankly, he's had just a stunning year, Braxton Garrett, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's been huge for the Marlins. The Marlins aren't where they are right now without him. Um, and, and given the expectations to begin the season, this is this is huge. And mm. you're right. Like, yeah, he's top 15, 12, whatever you want to say in in both of the, the war calculations that you want to talk about. Change that number to 25 and under, because let's not forget just how young he is. Mm. Change that to left-handed pitchers under the age of 25. He genuinely might be the number one in baseball. Like this, oh this guy goodness. is. This guy has been super, and uh, you know, he's not been looked at. People, like you said, I could probably talk to some some of my mates, baseball mates, and they wouldn't even know who he is. Like, no. and, and like going into next season, if 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 Sandy's not there, mm-hmm. he's the Marlins' number two pitcher. Like, and and right now he's performed. Like, I I would feel. I wouldn't feel comfortable without Sandy, obviously. No. But I'd feel comfortable that Garrett can can perform like a major league baseball number two pitcher behind Lozardo. And mm. for a guy that didn't start the season in the rotation, <laughs> I mean Crazy. that speaks to his development. That speaks to Mel. I mean, I I'm one of Mel's biggest mm. fans. Um, but yeah, you can't look at what how he's developed and not at least give a large portion of the credit to him himself. So, mm. yeah, for what Gareth's done um, this season, has been massive. And, yeah, the, the Marlins simply aren't where they are without him. No way. Let's flick ahead. Let's look at Wednesday because, for me, this is, I think, the trickiest of the all the six games they've got left to play. Wednesday, I think, is the trickiest one. What are the Marlins going to do in terms of innings here? Who Who's going to be pitching? How are they going to piece this together? They're sandwiched in between, you know, Braxy and Lozado. You're going against Senga. It, you can't punt games. There is no punting at this point. And so, like, this has to be, like, managed like a postseason game almost. 
So how is Skip going to manage this one, mate? Who's going to get the bulk, do we think, um, you know, coming out? I don't know if they go opener. I don't know what they do, to be honest. But how are they going to piece this together? Could this actually just be, rather than bulking it, you know, could they just go traditional full-blown bullpen where everyone just gets an inning out of the pen? Could that be the way they handle this this day in particular? I mean, it could be. I mean, normally, I mean, how far do we trust Quater? I mean, he's he could be and arguably is the 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 length man there. But yeah, like you look at his last couple of appearances, that they seem to be using him in in bullpen mop up situations. So absolutely, that's going to be a real challenge. And and as you said, like this is this is now quasi playoff baseball. It's it's winning in. You know, yeah. you you can't as you said punt games. So um, for me, this is going to be huge. I think winning game one, getting five plus innings, and, and knowing that you've got a the win and you've got a bullpen that's that's rested mm. uh, because you're going to need it. You're going to need, and and again the offense. Can the offense come out and perform? Yeah. Yep. You know, this is going to be, as you say in American football, all three factors. You're going to need everybody. You're going to need yeah. the offense. You're going to need the stars. You're going to need the bullpen. You're going to need everybody to deliver at this point. And yeah, you look at it and you see the challenge, as we've said before, with the the lack of arms and, and the injuries with the offense. Right now, that doesn't matter. You can't look at what you haven't got. You can only look at what you've got and use that and and just see if you can grind your way through it three wins four wins in the next six days however you get there it is it's it's now or never isn't it yeah it is i'm i'm this to me is the ultimate test this game and and to your point it's you need every phase of the game to go well they need to play well in this evening's game you know you're ideally looking for the offense to to kick in you're looking for braxy to go six um, if you can go into the seventh, even better. But you know they've they've always managed Braxy tight, I would say, and so I'd be surprised to see anything more than six, frankly. Um, you know, but what can the offense do in terms of then who do you then need to use? You know, all of this it all connects, and I just keep looking at this Wednesday game. I'm just trying to work out in my head how the bloody hell can they make this work? To be honest, because you know, you don't want to be relying on Cueto because you're going against Sanger, so you know that you're going to need to, you know, it's going to be a really tough ask um, offensively that day in particular. So it's like the ultimate tough matchup for the Marlins here. You've got pretty much the best pitcher you're facing the rest of the way out um, against when you, you basically are trying to piece together innings. So it's going to be so big, but there's no punting at this point. Punting is not allowed, so they need to find a way. And I'm just intrigued. I'm intrigued that they turn to, you know, do they maybe look to try to stretch a bit out of Puck? Do they try to stretch a bit out of Matt Moore? You know, just get these guys going. Like, you know, we've seen Tanner Scott at, at certain points as like, you know, five out saves and stuff. Like, it might just be needs must where if if needed, you've got to go more than one inning. Um, but I'm very intrigued to see the way they play this uh, this Wednesday one in particular because this is the one I'm most worried about. But just imagine if they win that game one, then they somehow find a win, way to win game two. Then all of a sudden, like, you know, as Marlins fans will be absolutely hyped and pumped, no doubt about it on that one. Um, 
You know, and then, you know, you're looking into game three in this series, Lazardo peterson and, and you've got to be looking at thinking that's there for the taking, to be honest with you. You know, you look at that, and Peterson's like over five ERAs, three and eight on the year. Like, he's not had a good year. Probably means he'll pitch well. But, you know, I feel like against lefties as well, the old days of lefties, Sean, we were terrible, weren't we? But now this year, like, they've got some guys in that actually can handle lefties. You know, even Arias can can do some damage. Jazz down in the seven hole actually seems to come alive in the seven hole against lefties now. He's not afraid to bunt. So, oh man, this Met series, mate, there's so many wrinkles to it. But it starts with Braxy this evening. But fundamentally for me, it's Wednesday's game, mate. Just how can they get out of Wednesday's game with a dub? Um, I don't know how, but for me, that is going to be Skip Schumacher's biggest test so far, that single game. Yeah, absolutely. And the, obviously the day off helps so that everyone in the bullpen gets that day. If if Braxy can go, as you said, five, six, you keep Matt Moore off the mound. Mm-hmm. He fits well um, for the Rangers. Obviously wouldn't be playoff eligible, unfortunately, which is yep. a huge shame. But Empty the tank, also, baby. It also means he can empty the tank. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's pitched well. I, I was surprised the other day when he only went one inning. Uh, with the score as it was at 6-1, I thought maybe... They'd give him a couple more innings. I thought it was going to be, they were going to get a bit of length, but he'd pitched the day before. So, obviously, day off yesterday, if he can not be used tomorrow, you could argue that he could actually be a guy that could give the Marlins two, three innings of yeah. evidently quality. He had a good year. I was genuinely surprised to find him on the open market. Mm. So, um, yeah, that, that could be a huge storyline going into Wednesday. Yep. If he can come into the onto the mound and give the Marlins multiple innings in a game that you're right, they they kind of got half. They do. I mean, it's been Matt Moore just keeps coming to mind. Like I'm glad you brought it up because that's exactly what I've been thinking. Is you know, former starter, transitioned to the pen, had a good year, not playoff eligible. Like frankly, these are the last six games for him as a Marlin. Um, you know, he's rested. If they can keep him off, don't have to use him in game one. Like. There's a multi-inning guy there that that could maybe deliver. Um, you know, again, it's, it's going to be so hard to piece together. But you know, you just got to throw everything out at this point as well. AJ Puck, you know, former starter. I know we talked about Puck in yesterday's episode. Just, frankly, it's you know, home runs have been a problem. But you know, again, needs must maybe. Speaking of needs must, let's get into our final ad of the day, and then we'll. Uh, We'll wrap up here thinking and just looking at this this wild card in general because, boy, oh, boy, it is wild, I must say. But this episode is also brought to you by our good friends over at Jace Medical. And everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you a peace of mind so that you are not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical, make sure you have the medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy, medication delivery, and ongoing consultation con- consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Get 20 bucks off on these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using my code, and this code is locked on at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E for jacemedical.com. 
Okay, final segment. Final segment on Tuesday's episode. UK GOAT Sean Barrett is in the house. Sean, four teams, two spots. How's this going to play out here? Because Cubs against the Braves, Diamondbacks against the White Sox, Marlins, Mets, Reds, Guardians. Who's going who's gonna to step up to the plate in the first series? I, I think it'd be challenging for Cincinnati at this point to, to squeak in. You're, you're asking too much probably for two of the three teams to fall away. Mm. Um, I'm really interested in that second series because obviously Arizona need to play the Houston Astros who need... They need, they need it. Uh, they're, they're, they're not guaranteed the playoffs. No. Um, they've kind of slipped behind a little bit. Um, so for me, I think... <laughs> Biasy, obviously. Biggest series for me is the Marlins. Like they need this is this is the tougher of the two series for me for the Marlins. Yes, the Pirates have a better record, but that in division rivalry is just huge. Mm. And I think if the Marlins can can be in it in the wildcard spot or half a game out after that series, get get one or two wins from that series, they have everything to play for because I think Cincinnati are too far away. I think Arizona probably is going to struggle against the Astros. So the Marlins can be in or around the wildcard spot, basically what we've been saying since February. Yep. I think that gives them every opportunity to go and get a series win against the Pirates, get themselves in the dance. Oh, man, it's going to be... The the funny thing is, particularly this week, I look at it and think, what can the Braves do? Like, and the Braves at home too. Like, it's going to be packed out there. And we spoke about it on yesterday's episode. Like, the Braves have they're kind of dealing with some of their own stuff right now. And so, it almost feels like they need to like go again. Like, their hangover time has happened. It's time for the Braves to go again. So I'm very intrigued to see what Braves shows up against the Cubs. And I'm just almost praying that the Braves just think, give it full gas. They can beat the Cubs. Puts the Marlins in a great position if they can handle their own business, to be honest with you. Yeah. One thing I'd add to that is, obviously the Braves at this point are going to have the the buy in the playoffs. So if they continue this cold streak or this, this... problematic situation they've had recently. Yeah. Then they have a couple of days off. Like we talk all the time about getting hot at the right time. Mm. The Braves, like you don't want to be going into a bye cold. No. This is a perfect time for them to try and heat up just to remember this is who we are, remember. Exactly. In an ideal world, they wouldn't and the Marlins still make it and then they get bounced in that first round. That would be the ideal situation for me as a Marlins fan, obviously. Mm -hmm. But Let's let's <laughs> burn in the hand is better than doing the bush. Let's get let's get into the playoffs first. Yeah, for sure. I'm completely aligned with you on, on on this brave situation. Like they've they've allowed things to go a little bit cold. They've dealt with some some challenges, but to your point, they've also got the buy. Like it's time for the Braves to like get the serious head back on. And I'm I'm pretty confident they're going to roll into this series and they're going to be pretty lively. As we know, the Cubs are facing the Brewers at the back end. The Brewers are, are, are going to have nothing to play for. And 
will be resting everyone. So we know the Cubs maybe can make up some ground at the back end. To your point, I think really this this Marlins year could hinge on the Diamondbacks against the Astros. You know, the Diamondbacks have a great opportunity against the White Sox in many ways. Um, you know, down and out club this year. Jose Arena going. I, you know, I'm interested to see what his start looks like. But, you know, it wouldn't shock me if the Diamondbacks, you know, sweep the White Sox. But then who knows against the Astros where they need a win to get in as well. So it's going to be huge. Either way, Sean, this is the type of thing that Rob Manford was looking for when he extended the, the, the wild card spots. Some people don't like it. Some people continue not to like it. I understand why, because fundamentally, like, you know, the Marlins and these other clubs, like, they're not at the class of the Braves and the Dodgers. And so I understand it, that it's maybe, like, weakening things just more generally. But, you know, as a team and as a fan base that's in the hunt right now, and I'm sure all the four other clubs we've just talked about as well will feel the same, you know, this certainly helps. Like, you know, you just got meaningful baseball happening. Teams were buying at the deadline. Like, you're not penalized for, for poor performance in baseball. So you need to incentivize good performance. And that's what Rob Manfred's done by adding this extra wild card. And for me, it's a resounding success thus far. What about you? Where's your head at? Because you're more of a purist than me. So I am. I am. Uh, I, I, I've probably gone change in any aspect, um, baseball included. But for me, this is this has been the perfect litmus test in the idea that you've got multiple teams that are competing for spots that maybe wouldn't exist if this weren't there. Mm. You've got the you piece that together with the the draft lottery. Like you get mm. to late July uh, or, or late or yeah, late July as a baseball team. And you're looking at it and you're going, we're a couple of games out. You look at some of the teams that bought, ill-advisedly, obviously, but mm. they bought at the deadline because you, you can't tank enough to guarantee the, the number one draft pick. And in baseball, the number one draft pick is significantly less valuable than other American sports. Yeah. But ultimately, you've got, it used to be you'd have teams right at the bottom tanking, you have teams running away with it, and then you'd have eight teams that kind of like half and half would, you know, fighting out for that final spot. Now you've got like, as like as recently as a week ago, you had one or two teams that had guaranteed a spot in the playoffs and one or two teams that were mathematically out of it. And everyone else had a chance as slim as maybe it was, but yeah. this is, this is where we are now that meaningful baseball has been played in 75% of baseball stadiums in America right now and more eyeballs on screens, more bums on seats. This is, this is why they've done it. You know, again, we spoke yesterday about this This is a business. Yeah. Now we all like, we all like the sport. We all like to be fans and everything, but the people running it aren't looking to entertain, but they are obviously, Mm -hmm. but they're looking to generate revenue. And this is exactly what that has done. Um, The fact that we benefit as fans, as a, as a side note to that, is mm. is fantastic. But yeah, the, but having more teams in it later into the season, I mean, how can you argue against that? It's tough to argue, um, for sure. I, I and I understand. I understand some will look at, at, at it differently, but 
for me, it makes total sense. And to your point, this is all about, you know, it's all about growing the game commercially, revenue, et cetera. And all we've seen pretty much, like is the, the stats pumped out there is, you know, fans in attendance is up, eyeballs via whatever cable network provider that you may be using at these points is up. There's just more people following baseball further because you get to the other situation where I was texting uh, one of my good friends who's uh, an Angels fan and he says he hasn't watched a game in weeks now. Like the, the season's cooked. You you don't watch it anymore. As soon as you're, as soon as you're playing meaningless baseball, then there's no reason to watch um, because, you know, we're just waiting for next year to start basically. So, yeah, I think it's been a resounding success, and I think you know this week's going to be a fun week, a fun, fun week. Six games to go for the fish. Many are thinking that four four wins could be enough, um, and frankly, I'm looking at things and thinking, I love the Braxton Garrett's going in game one against the Mets. I am scared about the bullpen game in game two, but I'm just looking at that and thinking, backs against the walls. Can the Marlins just squeeze one more voodoo win out somehow on Wednesday? And if they do, and they go two and zero to start the week, then that puts themselves in a in a huge in a huge spot there for them to 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 get in. And if they get in, most likely you're going to be facing off. I mean, who knows the way things shake out? But most likely you're going to be facing the Brewers on the road or the Phillies on the road. Well, they're the two options, I guess. So you're either Phillies or Brewers on the road, the way things are shaping out here. Um, I mean, both of them are very interesting for the Marlins because the Marlins and Phillies records, you know, I, I, I don't think the Phillies would want to face the Marlins, to be honest with you. And the Brewers haven't seen what we've just done to them last weekend. I'm not sure they'd want to be facing the Marlins either. They'd probably prefer to face the Cubs. So, you know, I think both of those clubs, Brewers and Phillies, are probably thinking, I'd probably prefer not for the Marlins not to get in, which I think is very intriguing, even though we have zero arms. But you know what? It's gonna be it's gonna be wild. Sure, let's call it a day there, mate, because um we're over again um in episode two, but it is what it is. You know, this is playoff baseball, so it has to be done. Um, guys, thanks for making Lockdown Marlins your first listen of the day. I appreciate you for joining me uh on Tuesday and the UK goat Sean Barrett. Uh we'll be back on Wednesday. I believe it's a solo pod on Wednesday, subject to change. Uh, and uh, we will be, well, hopefully celebrating a Marlins win after a bullpen game. Who knows? Putting themselves in a huge spot to go in and claim this postseason berth. Look forward to seeing you then.